Welcome to Public Narrative, A Word with Jamira Alexander. I'm your host, Jamira Alexander, President and Executive Director of Public Narrative, a community media resource nonprofit based right here in Chicago that champions narrative change through workshops, training, programming, and research, building more authentic relationships between media makers, nonprofits, and you, the community. They say all good things must come to an end, and yes, it can all be sweet. It's the season finale of A Word, and I can't express how grateful I am to have gone on this journey of resurrecting a partnership with CAN-TV. We plan on taking a break from broadcasting new episodes, but more on that later, because we have such a great conversation to round out this experience on A Word. We're talking joy, Black joy to be exact. When we think about narrative change at Public Narrative, we have to recognize the reasons why harmful narratives, particularly about marginalized people, are more prominent in the news cycle. And one of those reasons is because not enough stories are being told on what makes our experiences diverse, complex, and not monolithic. Now we've been seeing more efforts of inclusive storytelling, but as we can all guess, it can be better. And what better way to show you than to just do that as it's our fashion to do so here on A Word. Talking about black adoption is arguably taboo. In a 2020 report published last year by the U.S. Department of Human Services, sharing data on the nation's adoption and foster care analysis and reporting system, black children are disproportionately represented in the more than 400,000 children in the nation's foster care system. When was the last time you read a story on the black adoptee experience? It's a topic that is near and dear to the hearts of my guests today, Sandria Washington and Dr. Samantha Coleman, as they found out in their respective journeys that they were adopted. And what does this have to do with Black joy? Well, like I said, it can't all be sweet. Sandria and Dr. Sam's journeys of identity have empowered them with Black joy and voice on what they are and how they are proudly wearing their identities as Black and adopted on their sleeves. Dr. Sam, Sandria, thank you all so much for joining me on the show today. Thank you, thank for, you for having, having us. us. Of course, oh, of 20. course. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I love it. So you all are actually friends. Yes, yes. You embarked on this journey, and we'll talk more about that. But just tell a little bit about yourselves. Sure. So I'm Sandria, Sandria Washington, uh, Chicago, born and raised. I refer to myself as a proud, certified Chicago black girl, mm-hmm. um, writer, uh, aspiring bodybuilder. Well, I guess I can say I'm a bodybuilder now. Um, and I'm black and adopted. Mm-hmm. And also a bodybuilding champion. Yes. <laughs> yes. Award winning. Award winning. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Dr. Sam? Yes. So I'm Dr. Samantha Coleman, a.k.a. Dr. Sam. And I refer to myself as um, a professor, professional listener and story catcher. Um, and I say that because I feel like I've been listening to people's stories from the sandbox to the boardroom and in all of my endeavors, whether it's scholarly or from a practitioner side of things, um, I love connecting with people and their emotions and their stories and giving them a safe space to be able to move into their next endeavors. That's so important in this day and age. So thank you for your working and your service. Help us understand how the two of you all connected. Oh, wow. So this must be a good story. You know, so here's what I think happened. And right. Sandria, because she's always like good with the pictures, she's a good, what do you call it? Documentarian. The, the documentarian. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, we were recently in the midst of 
our website and she found this picture that was from 2005 and so I used to run an organization by the name of Assist Her and so we were bringing girls out to actually um, do a breast cancer walk Mm. and Sandria we had connected uh, we believe via MySpace MySpace. (laughs) okay that's how long ago yes how long ago (laughs) and then she brought one of was it one of your mentees or a friend's daughter out to this walk so I think we believe that's what facilitated our relationship and so we've just been friends friends since And and you know it's so because whenever you have to Try to compare notes and, and agree to <laughs> right. and agree to well right. maybe this is what it was yeah. right like there are so many memories so many experiences between you that it's yeah. almost like you perhaps got lost in time maybe yeah, yeah. since you met yeah, yeah. And sisterhood being what brought you together yeah absolutely yeah absolutely. yeah what is what has sisterhood meant to you all just in a relationship that you share oh wow. mm. it's about that circle of trust. Mm -hmm. Um, especially making friends. So 2005, of course, we're young adults at that point. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it can be a challenge making friends as grown women, um, professional women. But for us, we just kind of clicked instantly. And then it expanded into this larger sisterhood. Uh, We call ourselves the butterflies. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there's a whole little crew of us. And just having that support, especially in terms of this black adoption conversation, because what are the odds that we would already be friends who were both adopted as infants Mm -hmm. and adopted into black families? Like, you can't even make that up. up (laughs) There's no way we could have imagined that that is how our sisterhood would have evolved. Yeah. Our sisterhood is definitely one of that as well, where I think you spoke to trust, right? So it's like, I have to be able to trust you to tell me the good about me, the bad about me, the, all right, girl. Okay. In a loving way. Absolutely. In a loving (laughs) way. Because it's not to tear one another apart. Right. Exactly. Exactly. We'll be right back after the break with more on Public Narrative, a word. Hi, I'm Bianca Cotton, host of Behind a Confident Smile. You are a wife, a mom. Uh, entrepreneur, uh, author, and just fabulous, right? Join us on Monday at 7.30 p.m. on CanTV Channel 19, cantv.org, and the CanTV Plus app. Welcome back to Public Narrative, a word. Sandria, Dr. Sam, help us understand uh, even further, like this sisterhood that you all have, like let's take it black to the beginning, like literally help us understand what black to the beginning is. Yeah. So I think I want to start actually by talking about my own shame and the secret that I held for a long time away from my sisters. Okay. And that secret was the fact that I was adopted. So I received this information at the age of 26. Mm -hmm. And because that myth is out there that black people do not adopt, I definitely felt like I was some sort of, you know, weirdo or what have you, Mm -hmm. coupled with the fact that my family lived in an all white environment. It made me even feel more so like, you're white, you're not black enough, right? So Mm -hmm. these different things came in that really 
dug into that shame that I experienced. And so it wasn't until I began to really just unpack what was happening with me um, and coming into like a, a reunion with my biological family where I felt like now is the time for me to share this information with my sisters, that sisterhood that has always been there. So it was never anything about the sisterhood that did not feel sure. safe. It was fully me being ashamed and uncertain mm-hmm. about how folks would receive this information, how they would look at me, and if they would even want to continue mm-hmm. to be friends with me once they heard that information as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. So 2016, I began telling my sisters, Sandria being one of them um, at that time. And we often go back and forth about this, about, man, that was when we she was actually on her way to receive an award mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that night, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to hit her with the, like, girl, listen. <laughs> so... You're not going to believe this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I was making my rounds, mm-hmm. you know, and I was trying to do so in a way because it was such heavy information, I was also trying to do it like more one-to-one with people. So Sandra was one of my sisters at the time that I started telling my secret mm-hmm. to as I was coming out of that silence. How did you learn that information that you were adopted? My mother, okay. my mother. So she told me at 26. Um, and Your adopted mother. My adoptive mother, yes. And um, the story is that (laughs) she asked me to go out to lunch. I said, sure, let's go. She says, where do you want to go? Fridays at the time. Like, you thought she was doing something when you were going to Fridays. Don't pay attention to the internet. Like, for the record, I love the Cheesecake Factory. I'm trying to tell you. Fridays is a good time as well. Fridays is a good time. And so I literally, I sit down and I order my sizzling chicken with cheese. And she then Mm. hits me with the, so yeah, um, your father and I wanted you to know that you were adopted. Mm. And that shifted everything in my life Mm. at that point. It was, um, at that time, I didn't realize that it was traumatic. Mm. I didn't even have a full breakdown about it. I shed one little tear and um, got into my car and almost had an accident because the flood of emotion hit me as I, you know, call my husband at that time. And I'm literally like screaming into the phone. He's just like, pull over, pull over, mm-hmm. you know? So I remember that um, like it was yesterday, mm-hmm. but even then didn't even really tap into the fact that that was a traumatic event. Absolutely. I was going to ask, like, did you go numb? Like, how did you process that? And we'll talk a little bit more about that. I want to catch up to Sandria's experience. Yeah. Uh, Black to yeah. the beginning. Take us there. Yeah. So kind of piggybacking off of Samantha's story, she shares her revelation in 2016. And similar to her, not really fully taking in the the gravity of of that information. When she told me, like, I heard it. But I didn't even fully process like what that meant. Like, oh, wow, you found out at 26 years old that you're adopted. So I heard this information and life just kind of continued on. And then 2017, uh, November of 2017, Thanksgiving, a an older cousin of mine sent me a message via DM on Instagram and shared with me that I was adopted. And this was the first that I had heard of it. 
Um, at that time, my both of my parents were deceased, so I couldn't go back to them mm-hmm. to verify anything. And I just kind of sat on it. I didn't know what to do with the with the information. So I sat on it a couple of months. And then that following April, I reached out to one of my aunts and she confirmed that, yes, it's true. I'm adopted. And so that just kind of snowballed everything for me. Um, and I love that we've been talking about sisterhood because when I had that conversation with my aunt, I immediately reached out to Sam and our crew of girlfriends, some other girlfriends, and I convened a group uh, to meet at Chant. We went to dinner because I was like, yo, (laughs) y'all are not going to believe what I am about to tell you. And I just shared it with my sisters and just started speaking vocally about it. Um, But it was one of those things where... You, you get the information, it hits you. And for me, it was very validating. It was very, it was confirmation of just things that I had felt growing up and often internalized mm. that there was something deficient in me. There was mm. something wrong with me. And in reality, it's like, no, something happened to you that you weren't aware of, but mm. because you have intuition, because you can read energy, you subconsciously have an awareness. And so for me, it was just this validation, like, I'm not crazy. Mm -hmm. You know, this, this is something that happened. Mm -hmm. And so from there, just being able to start to process and really sit with the gravity of that reality. Mm -hmm. That's so good. We'll be right back after the break to talk more with Dr. Sam and Sandria. I'm Hugo Balta, host of the podcast, Three Questions With, a public affairs program elevating the voices and visibility of matters most important to the Hispanic Latino community by speaking with community and industry thought leaders on the social determinants of health and democracy. Join us on Wednesdays at 7.30 in the evening via Channel 19, streaming on the CanTV.org and the CanTV Plus app. Welcome back to Public Narrative, a word. Dr. Sam, Sandria, help us understand when we when we um, closed out the last segment, we were talking a little bit about like the emotions involved in this process of learning that you were both adopted. Um, the the irony of even being friends mm-hmm. um, to be able to walk this journey and walk this path together. Help us understand the impact of family secrets. It's it's a lot. Um I'll use even just a uh, recent example. So Carrie Washington, the actress, Mm -hmm. uh, she just came out with her memoir, Thicker Than Water, where she reveals that she was conceived by donor, donor sperm. And I saw her speak when she came to Chicago for her book tour, and she mentions how her being vocal about that has caused so much healing between her and her parents Mm -hmm. because now they have that burden, that secret Mm -hmm. lifted off of them. And her sentiments around that just really touched me because I feel like my mother carried that burden Mm -hmm. to her grave. Mm -hmm. Um, The secret of me being adopted was something that they never intended to share. Um, my parents, my brother, other family members, like that was something that was just never intended to come out. And 
when you have those types of secrets, there's always going to be a a layer between you, between your relationships. Uh, I feel like me and my mother weren't as close as we could have been. Mm-hmm. And from where I sit now, I, I feel like she didn't really get to know the real me. I didn't get really get mm. to know the real her. Sure. You know, there was a version of each other that we knew based on this unspoken agreement, sure. this unspoken secret. So it's like, yes, they raised me. They knew a version of me, but that wasn't the complete version mm-hmm. because I didn't have full access to my full self. Mm-hmm. And so... I mean, that's just one impact. You have these fractured relationships. Um, There's the internal impact of me just not having the full access to who I am and believing that, as I mentioned earlier, there's some type of deficiency, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm going through therapy in my 20s and my 30s, and we're talking about everything under the the sun other than the thing that we probably should have been talking about because I didn't know. There was no awareness. So, you know, you struggle with identity issues and you struggle with depression and all of these other things. Um, But I think as we start to have these deeper conversations, uh, and we talk about generational healing Mm -hmm. in families. So if we're able to have these conversations and just take the veils off, that's how we can start to heal. Absolutely. Dr. Sammy, you have anything to add? I do. And as I was sitting here, I was starting to feel what I believe is the emotion of anger, right? Mm -hmm. When I'm just thinking about like the family secrets, but of course I know underneath Anger are two different emotions, which is mm. fear and hurt. Sure. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about my own journey and what the secrets did and continue to do within my life, um, it brings up that fear and that hurt. And what I mean by that, too, is that when I think about when I reached out initially, you know, to an aunt she didn't want to give me any information when I reached out to my grandmother and them not wanting to give me the information because they wanted to continue Mm -hmm. that secret. But really, it's not a secret because I'm here. Mm -hmm. You see me? This is no secret. Mm -hmm. This is right here in your face Mm -hmm. in living color. Yes. You know, and then my parents, my biological parents, not wanting to tell my siblings, Mm -hmm. keep that secret like going and going and going to the point where I become fearful that I'm not ever going to really find out where I come from, Mm -hmm. what my history is, Mm -hmm. what, you know, the things that I do, like, where did that come from? Because I know it didn't come from the people that raised me. Mm -hmm. So I'm beginning to get scared about that. But then I'm also hurt because you are flesh and blood. I am not somebody that is a stranger on the street. Right. The blood in my veins is the same in yours, but you would rather keep this secret mm-hmm. for your protection or whatever protection looks like for you, um, as opposed to simply telling the truth. Mm-hmm. And then for me, even as an adoptee that recognizes that keeping secrets, you know, um, is not good, me seeing myself beginning to continue in that same vein as it related mm-hmm. to my own child, like, mm-hmm. okay, well, She's not old enough yet. Let me just wait. Mm -hmm. Let me just, you know. We recorded the first season of the podcast 
at Samantha's house and they didn't know her daughter, her oldest child didn't know mm -hmm. like what what we're actually talking about. Oh wow. Yeah. 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 And I had to have a come to Jesus with myself like sure. you being real phony. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're in the house literally recording a podcast mm -hmm. for a child that's able to listen and understand. Mm -hmm. But you haven't had the decency to have a conversation. To have a, have conversation. a conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Help us understand, like, how do we get here from um, just your own respective journeys of identity and voice and really coming into your own? You definitely wear your identities with with with, with great joy. I mean, you oh, exude it. Thank you. And you're also featured in a year of black joy. Yes. So help us understand how we got here. Wow. So, yes, yes, because it's a beautiful cover. It is. I don't know if you can see that, okay? So, 2019, Samantha and I officially joined forces to come together and figure out what is it that we can do to open up this conversation around Black adoption? How do we take the experiences that happened to us and say, we need to end the secrecy, the stigma, the shame, mm -hmm. the silence about black families adopting because we know that it happens. It's been happening for generations. We are not the last two black adoptees, Absolutely. you know, late discovery black adoptees. So how do we expose this to the masses? And so we decided to create Black to the Beginning. Uh, the podcast wasn't even initially on the table. Uh, but eventually we we found ourselves like, you know what, here's an, an avenue to get out these stories. Um, so we started the podcast in 2020. And last October, so literally a year ago, we get an email from a, a publisher in the UK. That we thought was spam. That we thought was spam. Because, you know, you get these get emails. You. They will get you. You're looking at the email address. Very, very, very it's careful. like dot .uk. Yes. You're like, hold on, is this for real? <laughs> and basically there was an invitation from the editor of the book, Jamia Wilson, saying, you know, inviting us by name to be a part of this anthology about Black joy and we could talk about adoption. And so once we realized that it was a real thing, we're like, okay, how do we talk about black adoption and black joy? Because we didn't want to push this narrative, this common narrative that, oh, adoption is all rainbows and sunshine mm -hmm. and you're giving needy orphan children homes and it's just this beautiful thing. It's like, no, it's, it's a lot more nuanced than that. There's some struggle. There's some trauma. How do we talk about our experiences yeah. from a, a what's the joy in yeah. this because we're not going to submit something that's you know Samantha used the word phony like we're not doing that and so we we thought about it and it's like well there is joy in what we've been able to create with creating a platform for us to not only tell our stories, but for other people to share their stories. Absolutely. There's joy in owning your voice and sharing stories that people don't hear. You don't hear stories from uh, black birth mothers or black adoptees, black male adoptees, mm -hmm. just all these different voices. And so for us, that has been part of the joy, just seeing that we were able to create something that didn't exist mm -hmm. when we were initially going mm -hmm. through that. We'll be right back with Public Narrative Award. It's been said that all politics is local. Well, I say all news is local. Join me, Andy Zopp, 
every week for conversations with local journalists and concerned citizens to discuss the news of the day, how it's being reported, and how it impacts the lives of Chicagoans, right here on CanTV 19, streaming live on CanTV.org, and on the new CanTV Plus app. Welcome back to Public Narrative, A Word. Dr. Sam, Sandria, what final words would you want to share with our, with our audience today? Hmm. I think my final words, especially when we have this conversation around black joy, is to not discount the fact that suffering is the other side of joy, hmm. trauma, challenge, all of those things you will have to endure. But when you get to the other side mm -hmm. of it, there is joy and one can't exist without the other. And mm -hmm. I think that's important for us to recognize as opposed to being on a continuous, like, how do I get joyful? How to get happy? Well, it's mm -hmm. like, you actually kind of have to suffer and have a little bit of mm -hmm. challenge mm -hmm. um, first to even appreciate Mm -hmm. what it has taken in order for you mm -hmm. to get to a place of joy. And for us, being able to own your voice, being able to step outside of that silence, being able to be like, I'm not ashamed anymore. Mm -hmm. This is what I'm going to talk about. This is what I want to empower other people to do. There is joy in that. And I'm extremely joyful of the fact that this book can have such impact on future Black young leaders, right? Mm -hmm. So that is huge and brings me absolute joy. Excellent. Andrea? I would share, and Samantha touched on it a little bit earlier, how, you know, we'll make decisions sometimes out of fear. And we think we're making decisions out of love. So just using myself as an example, my parents were fearful of telling me the truth because they thought if I knew the truth that I would love them less. I would be angry and I would love them less. And so a lot of times we might keep family secrets thinking we're operating in love. It's like, oh, I don't want to hurt this person. I don't want to um, fracture the relationship or hurt the family. But for me, the most loving thing is the truth. And we talk a lot about how, you know, transparency over everything, mm -hmm. like what's more loving than sharing the truth with some, with someone, especially if that someone is your child. And so I would just encourage anyone listening to think about how do you move forward in truth? How do you make a loving choice? So even if you have to have a hard conversation, because yes, you might feel angry, the person receiving it might feel angry, but if you can get beyond that, you can open up the conversation, then you can get to that joy, you can get to that healing. And so I would just want people to consider if there is something that they're withholding, if there is a secret, that it's more loving to actually expose the truth. I really appreciate your final thoughts. I appreciate you sharing your story. And the more you all talk, I'm I'm seeing how the families that adopted you had the room in their heart and in their lives to share with you 
however difficult it may have been to ultimately share um, your own origin. And I just, I'm so appreciative that you all have gone on this journey of processing these emotions. Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes it's hard to really share what's going on in our lives because we ourselves haven't processed it. Mm -hmm. And so how can we even offer that up to the world? So many, many thanks for one, checking your email and trusting that it wasn't <laughs> trusting spam. That not trusting spam. that it's not spam. That is so difficult yes. right, right about yes. now. But thank you so much for for just thank pouring you. your everything into the stories that you tell on your podcast, uh, within the book, and even in the work and the practice that you do. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. It's been a pleasure. Sandria and Dr. Sam are contributors to the recently released book, A Year of Black Joy, 52 Black Voices Share Their Life Passions, which is out now at select bookstores, libraries, and bookshops online. To learn more about the Black Adoption Podcast, visit blacktothebeginning.com. And make sure to follow All Things Public Narrative by visiting publicnarrative.org and following us at Public Narrative on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and X, formerly known as Twitter. Thank you so much for joining us on Public Narrative's journey on airing on Can TV once again. I hope a word has taught you something new, reframed certain perspectives you have, or even inspired and activated you. We'll be taking a break from broadcasting new episodes as our small but mighty team attends to additional transformative work. But find all our episodes on cantv.org slash public narrative, CanTV's YouTube page, or through the public narrative website. Special thanks to CanTV production crew for their patience, flexibility, and expertise. Kudos to all the work that goes into producing each episode of these shows. This has been Public Narrative, a word with Jamira Alexander. Be good to one another. <laughs>